0: Welcome to Wealth Simplified, your guide to navigating the intricate world of wealth. Whether you're a first-generation wealth creator or a steward to multi-generational wealth, we want to make the complex, simple, and the vision clear. Join us as we unravel strategies and perspectives behind building, sustaining, and preserving wealth, empowering you with the knowledge and confidence to shape a secure financial future. Let's get to it. The following presentation by Waldron Private Wealth is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as a receipt of or a substitute for personalized investment advice from Waldron or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Waldron's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request at www.
1: Hello, hello. This is Samantha, and you are listening to What the Finance, a mini-series within the Wealth Simplified podcast. If you missed Allie's episode last month on I-bonds, take a listen back for an explanation behind our new series and to hear our opinions on the attractiveness of Series I savings bonds. With that, let's get into it. So at the time of this recording, we are officially in the month of May. And May is significant in the finance community because on May 29th, we celebrate National 529 Day. So what better topic to talk about this month than 529 Education Savings Plans? We get a lot of questions from clients and prospects about saving money for education expenses. We get questions like, how much should I save for education? What type of vehicle should I use for this savings? When should I start saving? And I will start by saying that there are many ways to effectively save for college education, but for this episode, we are going to focus strictly on the 529 plan, the benefits of the plan, the downfalls, and the key items we want you to be aware of when funding these types of plans. So, Let's start off with the basics. What is a 529? 529 plans get their names from IRS Code Section 529. Easy, right? The code section establishes the plan and outlines their operation. So in essence, a 529 is an investment account sponsored by a state or a state agency that offers tax benefits when used to pay for qualified education expenses. That's important. So because I'm a positive lady, I want to start by explaining the benefits of a 529 and why you guys might consider opening and funding one, and then we'll get to the downfalls. So first and foremost, one big perk, it is a savings and investment vehicle. And we as financial planners believe in a little something called the time value of money. In basic terms, this means that $100 today is worth more than $100 in the future because I can invest that bad boy and have far more money in the future. If this is true, which it is, why would you pay for college out of pocket when you can start saving today and have your money do the work for you? Second benefit, and most important, taxes. So similar to a Roth IRA, assets within a 529 account grow completely tax-free and can be withdrawn income tax-free as long as you apply the proceeds towards qualified education expenses. Wowza. There are also some state tax benefits depending on where you take up residence. As I mentioned before, 529s are governed at the state level, and state law surrounding 529s differs widely from state to state. But in some states, like Pennsylvania, for instance, you're offered a state income tax deductions for the money you put into the account. So in Pennsylvania, you can actually deduct up to $17,000 a year from your income for contributions you put into the 529. So... If you're already paying for private school tuition for your child, why not make that tuition deductible by running it through a 529? No brainer. Now, quick caveat, it is worth noting that some states have very strict laws pertaining to which plan you open to qualify for that deduction. So be very careful and consult an expert before opening and funding an account. Last benefit I'm going to talk about before hopping into the pitfalls is the flexibility that these plans offer. Most people think of 529s exclusively for college education, but the plans can also be used for trade and vocational schools as well as K-12 tuition, subject to certain limits. Also subject to very strict rules and limitations, some of these funds can be used to repay student loans and, in some cases, to fund a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. All right, all right, all right. Now let's get to the downfalls. I know I just listed the plan's flexibility as a benefit, but now I'm going to be a big contradiction and list that same thing, flexibility, as a downfall. And that's when we get to qualified education expenses. As we discussed before, the money inside of the 529 is only tax-free if it's used for qualified education expenses. So let's talk about what those are and what they are not. Some examples of qualifying expenses include tuition, room and board, books, computers, printers, supplies, and limited furniture. Now, items that are not qualified are things like health insurance, travel expenses, bedding, sorority and fraternity dues, college application fees, and testing fees are always considered non-qualified. So if you are uncertain if an expense is qualified, always ask your financial professional because we do not want to be in a situation where we are taking money out for non-qualified expenses. If we do The growth on the funds that are withdrawn for non-qualified expenses will be subject to ordinary income tax and a 10% penalty. Ouch. That hurts. I'm honestly upset thinking about it. And this brings me to my second downfall. You do not want to overfund a plan like this. So what happens if you fund a big, beautiful plan and little Sally decides not to go to college? Or what if you expect Sally to go to Harvard and you've set aside six figures worth of savings and she goes to community college? How do you get that excess money out of the plan? You're in a bit of a pickle because you're stuck with money that can't really be withdrawn without taking that haircut. So because of this, we personally recommend to our clients that they don't fund these more than 80%. That remaining 20% can be paid out of pocket, if any. Now, if you are in a position where you've already overfunded your plan, reach out to us because there are a few creative solutions that we can implement to address this. Last downfall, the plan is subject to annual limits. So currently, a person can add up to $17,000 per year into a 529 plan. This is the annual gifting limit in 2023, and it is subject to change each year with inflation. So this means that moms, dads, grandparents, etc. can provide $17,000 each. There is also a provision unique to 529 plans called superfunding, where you can front load five years worth of gifts into the plan at one time. This means that you could put $170,000 into a beneficiary's 529, assuming two parents are gifting. Now, make sure to stick within these limits and just be cognizant of what the plan is and what the plan is not. This is an education savings tool. It is not a wealth transfer vehicle. Last thing I want to cover here today is the differences in types of savings plans. There are really two plans that you can fund for a beneficiary. One is the prepaid tuition plan, and the other is the investment plan. The prepaid tuition plan is essentially an inflation protection plan. In a prepaid tuition plan, your contributions are purchasing college credits at today's rates. So you're actually buying college now. In Pennsylvania, about 120 credits will buy you a bachelor's degree at a four-year college just for example purposes. Now to the investment plan. Investment plans utilize a basic investment account with mutual funds or exchange traded funds to grow your contributions over time. So you get to choose the allocation, but the funds are usually invested in the stock and bond markets to grow. Now, when deciding which plan you want to choose, I'd love to give you a straight answer, but your selection really should depend on your state, your individual risk tolerance your education goals, and most importantly, your timeline until the funds are needed. So that is all I have for you guys today. We are coming up on time. So I would ask that you please share this episode with a friend, share it with a new parent or grandparent. And as always, if you have any questions on 529 savings plans or the best way to meet your education goals, reach out to us at podcast at waldronpw.com. Until next time. (laughs)
0: If you're in need of wealth management planning and advice, we'd love to connect with you. You can reach out to us directly at podcast at The previous presentation by Waldron Private Wealth was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as a receipt of or a substitute for personalized investment advice from Waldron or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment related or planning services, discussion, or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. Waldron is neither a law firm nor accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. No portion of the video content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if Waldron is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of Waldron's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.waldronprivatewealth.com.